3: Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to Alive from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not just leave the Democratic Party. Wow! Former Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard filling out the political change-of-address card and accusing the Democrats of cowardly wokeness. Everything woke... Turns to. Although it is entirely possible she just watched Kamala Harris on the Seth Meyers show last night and was like, oh, hell no, I can't be in this party no more. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> it is a true story. We will get into it today with outnumbered co-host Emily Campagno, the human happy hour, as well as New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin, who will have to debate me. Because his opponent, Kathy Hochul, still refusing to debate him.
4: That's not right.
3: I don't know. I don't know if it's the issues. She might just be uncomfortable around men after spending so much time working alongside Hansie Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Uh, 888-788-9910. If you want your voice heard in this audio safe space for cool people. We don't care how you lean politically. So we're not, you know, it's not what we're here to do. We're not here to pass judgment. Uh, you can do anything you want on this show. You can identify as anything. You, you want to be a goldfish? Swim away. You identify as a goldfish. Uh, we don't care. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all we got on a big Tuesday as my New York Yankees begin the march for a 28th world championship at home tonight. Myself, uh, Jenny Phala, the link man. Rumors of a brother Mike sighting and his wife could be in the Bronx as well. Terry's in the house. Going to be a rowdy one up in the Bronx as the Yankees begin that playoff march. Uh, Hopefully it ends well. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, consequently, though, uh, says the Democrats, the Democratic Party, they are not playing any type of championship ball whatsoever. Come on, man. I want to start here today. I want to dump right in. You know, normally I'd be like, Yankee game. Here's a couple of jokes about me being a bad drunk and a lousy dad. But now's no time for that. Okay, we'll have plenty of that tomorrow after the Yankee game. (laughs) That'll be that'll be what it comes to town. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Not really. Uh, I still enjoy a good ball game, despite being a semi-public figure. Uh, The champ has been known to get after it up in the Bronx. But right now, Tulsi Gabbard getting after the Democratic Party. And yes, we dive in right here and now. Because she basically just read them. Their truth is what Tulsi Gabbard did. Now understand who Tulsi Gabbard is coming into this. She is not like a far right authoritarian strongman. This is a woman who supported Bernie Sanders, the one percent, but ultimately came to see through the fraud of a guy. Railing against capitali- capitalism. Oh, capitalism's the worst. We got to eat the rich while he's doing what? Getting rich, selling books, and buying mansions.
4: That's just how white folks will do you.
3: And then, of course, she started to see the other hypocrisies, whether it was identity politics, whether it was what we identify now as wokeness. She started to realize the party, okay, is not something she left so much as the party left her. You've heard this from plenty of Democrats. Understand. The Democrats used to be the party of free speech. Can you imagine a world where the Democrats (laughs) supported free speech? The answer would be no. But that's who they were. They were liberals. The classic definition of a liberal. you say anything you want. You know, get the government out of my life. This is ridiculous. Now, all of the people in the Democratic Party that grew up in the 90s listening to Rage Against the Machine – They've all now joined the machine. Bingo. That is the democratic ethos. Screw you. I'm with Big Pharma. You better do what they say and get vaccinated. Screw you. I'm with the government. They want to take away your rights, shut down your business, keep your kid home from school. I'm with them. That's the rage against the machine crowd. That's what they did. I've been telling you this forever. But when it comes from someone prominent like Tulsi Gabbard, who was elected to Congress there for about 14 years, she also represented this country in the armed forces. She's reading the Democrats a very inconvenient truth, which is why you're not going to see it anywhere, just about anywhere in the media today. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Seriously, though, the last thing on earth they want Twenty eight days from the midterms is a discussion about how the Democrats are failing the people, consolidating power, trampling your rights and doing it all uh, behind the cudgel of social justice. We We care about you. So we just vote for us. We'll get rid of the cops. We'll get rid of the genders. No more biology. Don't worry about it. We'll tell you when you can go to school. We'll tell you what you can read. We'll tell you what you can say. It's a scam, and she knows it. Here's Tulsi batting leadoff. This is clip two.
1: I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism. Who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war.
3: The Democrats have released a statement from DNC headquarters. Here it is. Oh
4: ah! ah, no! No!
3: Did you really hear that? I'm almost going to make you sit through it again so you can hear it one more time because there are so many individual itemized charges. And yes, war, <laughs> nuclear war, was the big closer. But that's what they're marching us towards: endless racial, racial division. Okay, endless racial division. Okay. Endless, endless weaponization of the justice system against political opponents they don't want, you know, they don't like. This is the antithesis of the Democratic Party she joined, like they really have lost their way. Listen to this clip one more time, issue by issue, like in your head, itemize these charges and understand that every single one of them is true. This is clip two.
1: I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war.
4: I'm as mad as hell, and I'm
3: not going to take this anymore. is essentially what she's saying, and you really think about it. Cowardly wokeness, anti-white racism, which is really funny that she has the guts to say that, and good for her. You know, if you remember last week, Kanye West wore a White Lives Matter shirt to Fashion Week in Paris, along with Candace Owens, and everybody's like, oh, hell no! Come on, you can't do that! Rip the shirt off, throw them in jail. What do you mean white lives matter? Again, it became its own form of racism in the eyes of the Democrats two years ago. If you supported the cops, if you said blue lives matter, they're like, well, you're a white supremacist. You're a criminal. And what did all of that anti-cop sentiment get us? It got us a massive spike in the murder rate, sadly, in the black community. It was white Democrats just, you know, pushing the fans A racial division, okay, on behalf of black people who didn't ask for it. Black people were not walking around in this country going, you know, it'd be great. What if we had no more cops and we just let the criminals run free?
4: That's stupid. Use your common
3: sense. Everybody knows that. But white liberals pushed this sort of thing. They pushed their own anti-white racism. And yes, they did want open borders because they told us securing the borders was its own act of racism. Well, you secure the border. You must be racist. Wrong. Come on, man. It's the front door of the house. When you talk about the fentanyl being the leading cause of death in this country, it doesn't know what race of person it's killing. Okay, fentanyl is the leading cause of American death for adults between the ages of 18 and 45. When it gets into your body and kills you because you took one Adderall thinking you were going to be up all night writing a term paper. Talk about a backfire there. I mean, sadly, horrifically, it's killing people. It is a poisoning and it doesn't know what race it's poisoning. It's just killing people. So when the Democrats again. Behind cowardly wokeness, say we can't police the border because that would be racist. Let everybody in. And what do we have in response to that? Okay, we have over 2 million illegal border crossings this year. 30% of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted along the way. So the Democrats and that open border policy is responsible for about 600,000 sexual assaults. Okay, if you're doing 30% of that number, maybe 30% of a million, then let's say 300,000. But the point is. Okay, either way you slice it, if 30% of the women crossing this border get sexually assaulted, whether it's 300 or 500,000, okay, or 650,000, okay, I believe the most accurate number is around 300,000 to be clear, but any number above zero is a really bad number. Okay, but the Democrats don't care about that. What they care about is power. Declare war on everything, everyone's a racist, religion is bad. Forget that. You can't do it. What do you mean you're pro-life? You hate women. No, you don't. In fact, you're asking them to live. (laughs) Women in the womb. Okay, the most dangerous place for a woman to be right now. The most dangerous place for a woman to be. Okay, a black woman in America is in the womb of another black woman. Because the Democrats are pushing that level of aggressive, radical abortion. Okay,
1: Tulsi Gabbard sees through the charade. Here's, Here's a little more of it, clip three. I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. And it's true.
3: Who are they for? Like, who is climate change for? Who's climate change helping? The people pushing climate change are rich white people. They're flying around the world in private jets, does nothing to help you. You've got a 40-year 40 40 high of inflation. Your gas prices are back up, oh, by the way, about 30 cents since they spiked the football last Thursday. Biden sucks. OK. Oh, uh, we got the gas down. It's down. All right, well, now it's going back up. Do you have anything to do with that? The number you have reached is not in service. (laughs) Please check the number you dialed and try back. It's crazy. They don't want to own anything. They just want power. Okay. And the people are being denied a voice when they say, oh, well, you can't have this position or you're banned from social media. Think about how many people have been banned from social media for telling the truth. Okay. On December 15th of 2021, Twitter announced it was banning anyone who said that vaccinated people could contact COVID. Okay, you were banned. You could not say this because the government was telling them not to let you say it. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we literally have tens of millions of vaccinated people who have gotten COVID. So this government of the people, for it's not a thing, okay? They are very much in favor of taking away your rights if it opposes the regime narrative that day. Think about Justin Trudeau up in Canada. When this was when they were really vilifying the unvaccinated. OK, what did he do? He sent in a National Guard to start roughing up truckers who didn't want to get vaccinated. Lo and behold, the truckers were on the right side of the issue. But there's not a word to be said for it by any of these elites, because the only thing they're really in favor of is whatever gives them power on that particular day.
0: He knows what he's talking about.
3: Here's a little more Chelsea Gabbard calling on common sense Democrats to skip town to clip four.
1: I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me.
3: Studio audience here at Fox News just going bananas. She could have crowd surfed out of here. And she's right. Okay, there's a lot of performative wokeness, but it's failing the country. Failing the country. You can't look out at the world and say anything is better off in the last two years under democratic rule. Not anything. Okay, after all the talk about, you know, we've got to defund the cops, we've got to open the border. There's no biological difference between a man and a woman.
0: Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina.
3: And Tulsi Gabbard knows that. If only the rest of her party felt the same way.
0: Introducing Woke Rock, the gender-neutral album that's got everyone coming to terms.
5: Uptown person, they've been living in their uptown
0: world. I bet they never had a backstreet partner. Twelve inclusive anthems everyone can live by. so good, it's dangerous. Oh, oh, here they come. Watch out, dear, they'll chew you up. Oh, oh here they come.
6: They're them, eat up.
0: Woke Rock. Available on college campuses and corporate boardrooms everywhere.
5: Your birthing person don't dance and your parent don't
0: rock and roll. We've never sold a copy, but we identify as number one on the charts. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon
2: on Fox Across America. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.
3: It's the war movie that's got critics praising its inclusiveness. Introducing Woke Metal
4: Jacket. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor.
3: The Pentagon is tired of having nothing but tough men in the Marine Corps. You gotta be s*** mean joker so they're relaxing standards to make it easier for other types of soldiers sound off like you got a pair any military can focus on hurting their enemies but only the american military can focus on hurt feelings
0: are you shook up are you nervous
3: woke metal jacket good
0: night ladies
3: now playing in washington and coming soon to a losing war near you it is fox across america with jimmy phala man oh boy oh man as you know The United States Army wildly missed its recruiting goals this year. Um, You know, combination of things. There was a vaccine mandate that a lot of guys didn't want to sign up for. There was also the issue of wokeness. And here is Christine Wormuth. She is, of course, the U.S. Secretary of the Army, saying the following on Capitol Hill yesterday. It is clip 21.
1: We get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people. Um, but first of all, I would say if if woke means, you know, we are not focused on war fighting, we are not focused on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations all around the country or overseas when I go and visit. But I think, you know, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army and we've got to make them all feel included.
3: Get her out. Get her out of here. Not sure what woke means. And then she gives you the most woke answer in the world. We've got to make sure that everybody feels included in the... Shut up! Will you shut up? Yo! It's war! I will say it again, it's war. War is not about inclusion, okay? There's no room for racism on a battlefield. You're never going to hear, cover me, I'm going in! Except you, Sanchez. I don't like the Spanish. You know, you're not going to hear that. Okay, there is no room for discrimination on a battlefield because your life depends on their readiness and their support. The military has been fully integrated and non-racist for as long as there's been a military. These guys have had to count on each other. But when you start going for things like lowered recruiting standards, lowering the threshold, making things more tolerant, we need, you know, pregnant... Air Force suits for women who are pregnant that want to be. No, we don't. You know what we need to do? We need to win the damn war. Can
4: you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? (laughs)
3: It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. I will be on the television this Thursday night with Greg Gutfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf here at Fox News. going to have me back on a show. That's always a big deal. Then I'm hitting the road this week, and I will be in Ottumwa, Iowa at the Bridgeview Center, Saturday night, the 15th. You can still get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. October the 28th, 29th, I'm up in Spokane, Washington at the Spokane Comedy Club. Check that out if you're in the area. Uh, November 5th, I will be in Vegas at the Red Rocks Resort. It's going to be nuts, and then we're heading down to Texas. Me, Jenny, and Lincoln will be showing up at the tenth anniversary of the uh, the tenth anniversary, the seventy fifth anniversary of KTBB Radio, right there in Tyler and Longview. We'll be doing meet and greets in both places. It's going to be a wild time. And joining us now, he is on the ground in Texas. I believe he's driving through. Jerome is on the line. Yo, Jerome. Hey, Jimmy. My man, you're back on the road. What's going on in Texas?
7: Yeah, well I was driving through here, Jimmy, and I seen the Steepest Billboard. Uh
2: oh
7: It's uh it's Beto O'Rourke. It said uh, uh remember the Alamo, vote Beto.
2: <laughs>
7: What? And I thought about that and I thought, Well, what's he mean by that? And I figured it out. It said uh it's uh they've got uh, the Mexicans has got the Alamo surrounded again. And Beto's
3: wanting to take their gun, so it's going to be a, a bloodbath again. You don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what's going on. Um, Beto might That's be strange. talking. He might be talking about Alamo Rent a Car with that guy. You don't no, even. Maybe, maybe.
2: He don't know.
3: <laughs> He don't know. I think he's going to lose by double digits down there. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. He ain't going to get no votes. No, but isn't it amazing? It's crazy to vote for him.
3: Yeah, but it's like he, it's... he is like the everybody gets a trophy political candidate. He loses every year, but yeah. he feels better at the end of the day than the previous time.
7: Yeah, he's getting good at losing. That's for sure.
3: <laughs> he's turned he's it into going an art. hat trick. You ain't kidding, man. <laughs> Spent a lot of money. How's uh, how's the diesel yeah. looking out there? What's the diesel cost? It's
7: high. It's high. It went up 20 cents.
3: Oh, my goodness.
7: They've gracious. got me. I stopped, I stopped back in New Belf, Belford I can't, can't pronounce it. But anyways, I just got $50 there where it was a high, and then I'm going to stop again down here in Hillsboro
3: and fill wow. up. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> so nuts. we're kind of having to. Yeah,
2: go down the road and get a little bit more and a little bit more. It's so freaking high, it's crazy. <laughs>
3: this is nuts, Jerome. Yep. Tell yeah, tell Beto to go up again. Yeah, tell Beto to give you some of that campaign money. He's lighting on fire. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
7: yeah, he might as well light it on fire.
3: That's you ain't kidding, uh, Jerome. Good work as always. Give my best to the lot lizards. Would you?
2: I'll do, brother. Be, be well, brother. I'll see you
3: soon. There he goes. The great Jerome is in Gerald, Texas. Gas up. Twenty cents. We're talking about diesel. Twenty cents over the weekend.
4: That can't be good. No, it's
3: not good for Jerome. And you know who else it's not good for? It's not good for you. Because the price of every single good that makes it to your shelf is going to cost more money. Biden is such a disaster. Well, the vice president isn't much worse. Let's do a quick, a quick transition, if you will. Not the kind the Democrats are thinking of. I don't mean gender. I mean subject. Kamala Harris last night was on the Seth Meyers show. And no, for, listen, it sounds ridiculous, but if ever there was a place that could benefit from her fake laugh, it's the Seth Meyers show. Correct the mundo. I mean, of, of all the places in the world, you know, she'll, she'll give you the fake laugh when she's talking about people dying crossing the border. She gave you the fake laugh when she's talking about World War III and anything in between. But on the Seth Meyers show, it's actually appropriate because they benefit from a lot of fake laughter over there. That is a really terrible show. Like, Seth Meyers is about as funny as an orphanage on fire on Christmas Day. It's just depressing stuff. It's hard to watch. But it was vintage Kamala in that, you know, mountains of nervous energy, a lot of hypocrisy, and just weapons-grade stupidity. And I want to start there. Because Kamala was talking about, on Seth Meyers, the border. You know, she's the border czar. She's in charge of the entire border. She's the czar of the border. Has Kamala Harris been to the border she's in charge of?
4: The answer would be no.
3: No. But it didn't stop her from telling us the border was a byproduct of the Trump administration and the fact that there was a dereliction of duty on the Republican side. Get her out. Get her out. I say it all the time, man. We are living in the death of shame. Do you know what kind of shameless sociopath you have to be to make Republicans the problem at the border? Understand the Republicans have made securing the border the centerpiece of their campaign in 2016, in 2020, again, here in the midterms. It's like the one thing they talk about the most. Like, you know, if you go to see like Chumbawamba. You're always going to hear I get knocked down, but I get up again because it's their one song. The Republicans, when it comes to the border, almost sound like a one hit wonder because they recognize how primal it is to every single man, woman and child living in this country. They talk about it a lot. Support the men and women in uniform. Support the border. Stop spending. Cut taxes. These are the only things you ever hear out of their mouths. But here is Kamala trying to pass the buck, put on the old QB jersey. Got under huddle, blue 28. And here she is passing the buck on immigration, clip 25.
5: I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty. If you see a problem and if we agree that, that we need to address it, then if you're a leader, participate in a solution, right? She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. She thinks
3: it's a dereliction of duty if you see a problem and the need to address it and you don't participate. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yo, you are the border czar, and you haven't been to the border. Okay, you don't talk to anyone about dereliction of duty. That's bananas. Okay, imagine that. You're in charge of driving the fire truck. Ladder Company 22. That's your job. You drive the fire truck. But two years have gone by and you haven't shown up to a single solitary fire. Not once. But you have the nerve to get on TV and say the other side is a dereliction of duty. Kamala Harris. You suck. Are you kidding me? Like, that's embarrassing. They should hurt on the inside a little bit. Get a little throw up in the mouth. I mean, just sound like as you say it, like it's a dereliction of duty by the Republican. And here she is saying the last administration, they broke the immigration system. That's what they did. Clip 26.
5: When we first came in office, the first bill that we proposed was for a pathway for citizenship, was to fix a broken immigration system, which was broken under the previous administration. Participate in the solution, because we are offering solutions. But instead, this gamesmanship with real human beings who trust us.
0: I don't have any
3: friends. I mean, what a loser. Okay. This gamesmanship with real human beings. She's talking about people getting on air-conditioned buses and shipped to other states. And she says it as if that's somehow a worse alternative than, you know, allowing them to drown in rivers, as she has. Allowing them to suffocate in tractor trailers, as she has. Allowing 30% of the women who cross this border illegally to get sexually assaulted, as she has. Somehow it's the gamesmanship on the Republican side. You got to be worried about right now is what she wants you to understand. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact checked. Like an actual sociopath, though. Okay, when you really think about her ability to get in front of a camera and address millions of people, well, probably not millions of people, it's Seth Meyers, but her willingness to get in front of a camera and address dozens of people, And say the Republicans are the problem. It's Republican gamesmanship. Understand the Republican gamesmanship, which is relocating migrants to sanctuary cities. You know what a sanctuary city means? It means we're willing to take in the migrants. No one is illegal in our city. Come on down. Until they came on down. And the Democrats are like, oh, hell no. Can't be coming on down. It's a strain on our resources. This is a humanitarian crisis. What do you mean air-conditioned buses? We can't have air-conditioned buses. I liked it better when they were back in the rivers. Whose idea was the buses? It's inhumane, I tell you. Time was you could jam 83 people under the floorboards of a tractor trailer. Those were the good old days. Now they got them air-conditioned. They're coming up, putting them in hotels. What do you mean? Okay, it's such fraud. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. And here she is. She's saying the migrant busing is political theater. Clip 27.
5: I mean, we're talking about people who have fled great harm. They've fled great harm. And they are coming here seeking refuge. And talk about political theater. I mean, playing games with people's lives, with their lives. You know, there are mothers with sleeping babies getting off those buses.
3: Oh, there's mothers with sleeping babies coming off those buses. Again, not ideal. But you know what else they're doing with those sleeping babies? wading across the river and drowning, okay, getting smuggled by drug cartels that sexually assault them, force them to mule drugs into the country. Do you know why child separation exists at our southern border? Okay, it began under George W. Bush. It continued under Barack Obama.
4: I don't see you doing any better in the booty department.
3: And it went on under Donald Trump. And of course, okay, they kept that policy in place after Biden won the election.
4: I don't remember that ever happening. But it
3: did. Okay, Biden's in charge right now, unfortunately. And understand that the reason they separate families at the border is because 90 percent of the time the kid isn't with his family. The kid isn't with his legal guardian. He is with an asylum seeker who knows he has a much higher chance of getting into the country if he's accompanied by a minor he's a lousy dad but he's right so understand okay child separation is there to protect the child to make sure he is not with someone taking advantage of him abusing him okay that's why it exists okay to this day you don't have a single solitary story of a family that was separated at the border and never got back together It's like voter suppression. You can't show me one legal voter who is denied the right to vote. It doesn't exist. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you got nothing, pound the table. The Democrats are always pounding the table when it comes to stupid emotionalist stories like this. Put up or shut up. But they don't shut up. When she talks about playing games with people's lives, yeah, incentivizing them to come here illegally is playing games with their lives. Okay, what the last administration tried to do was secure the border. You don't have to like them. I don't care. I'm not a recruiter for the Republican Party. But you understand that the Democrats voted for border wall funding. Okay, they voted for it under Barack Obama. They voted for it under George W. Bush. Why? Because the border is the front door to the House. Okay, look at it like the front door to your house. You shut the door and lock it at night because you want to know who's coming in or out of the house. It's not because you're racist. It's because you're not an idiot. But in this instance, we have idiots in charge, complete and total, I mean, 100% morons. I agree with that. Okay, running this administration. And they like to pivot to things that tug on your heartstrings. Oh, it's people's lives you're playing games with. You know, how dare they? And why do they want to do that? They'd rather you be madder at a guy like Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott than be madder at them, the ones who are greenlighting the drug cartels to turn our border into a $15 billion trafficking industry. The, the, The southern border of our country is worth $15 billion in commerce to drug traffickers right now, okay, after the previous administration had implemented a Remain in Mexico policy that completely took the teeth out of the cartels because you understand when asylum seekers had to remain in Mexico until they got into the country, the cartels couldn't guarantee them safe passage into the country, okay? By repealing that policy, because it was racist! We gotta be building bridges, not walls! Such performative stupidity. But by repealing that policy... It allowed everybody who got caught at our southern border to come into the country. Oh, you're illegal? Fine. All right, well, let's just process you. You're going to have a trial in six months, and you better come back for that trial to make sure your asylum case is granted. Ninety percent of the people who cross the border illegally don't show up their asylum hearing. Why would you? You're already in the country. Why are you going to show up for a legal hearing that could result in you leaving the country? These people already broke the law once to get in. They're not going to start following it now that they're here illegally. Do you understand? And by taking away policies like, oh, I don't know, stopping a border wall, ending remain in Mexico, not enforcing Title 42, the Democrats sent a message. They turned our southern border into the college bar that doesn't check I.D. You all remember going to a bar in college when you were underage, and you're like, no, no, go to this place. You can get in with like a library card. All of a sudden, the line was around the block because all of the people who shouldn't be in bars knew there was a way in, and they started showing up to them. Hey, this is great, and that's the people at the southern border. I have great empathy for them. They're fleeing real food insecurity, real problems, real oppression, not fake American stuff. Okay, but understand there's a legal way to do this, so they don't strain the resources of our system But more importantly, if we're being honest, so they don't drown in rivers, suffocate in tractor trailers and get sexually assaulted by drug cartels. Things Kamala Harris doesn't really care about and for being honest, which is why she's going after Republicans instead of the border czar who just so happens to be her.
4: And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're
2: listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock
4: cocaine. It isn't glamorous Or cool, or kid stuff. This
2: is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon on a busy Tuesday. Lee Zeldin's coming up in the next hour. He is, of course, the New York gubernatorial candidate. Uh, from the Republican Party. We're also going to talk to Emily Campagna, the Human Happy Hour. You know, when we were out in Enid, Oklahoma, this past weekend, Saturday night, a lot of people come up to me at the meet and greet afterwards with questions about sweet Emily that I will not repeat on a family program such as this. I will wait till she gets here like a gentleman and put her on the spot. That's the right thing to do. Uh, Right now, we were talking about Kamala Harris being on the spot. Uh, She was on the late night with Seth Meyers last night. If you missed it, Congratulations. Uh, Here's Greg Abbott talking, though, about who's responsible for the southern border and the mess that's ensued. Clip 28.
2: All you got to do is look at the numbers uh, of the people who are both coming across the border as well as those who are victims of human trafficking. uh, And you see that there's one person who's responsible for this, and that's Joe Biden. Go back two and a half years ago and you saw the fewest illegal border crossings in multiple decades. And then Biden eliminated every measure put in place by President Trump uh, that has now led to an all time record. In the past year, there have been more than 2.2 million people crossing the border illegally. Many of those are victims of human trafficking. Many did not make it here because they lost their life on the way. That's why the United Nations declared uh, the border between the United States and Mexico, Biden's border, as the most dangerous border crossing. In the entire world. Think about that.
3: The United Nations declared our border with Mexico the most dangerous border crossing in the world. And Kamala Harris is like, ah, the Republicans. You don't have a clue. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like we're living in the death of shame. I say it a lot on this show. But it really is like maximum strength clown town in Washington D.C. Every time you get Kamala in front of a microphone, Biden in front of a microphone, they should pull up in a car with 77 other people in it and get out with a set of size 24 shoes because they both have red noses. It's just clown stuff.
2: Live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh girl. Here we go, here we go, getting ready for a big hour of Fox
3: Across America with your main man Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with Lee Zeldin. He is the Republican nominee for governor here in the great state of New York. He had a double shooting on his property on Sunday.
4: What the hell did you
3: just say? Two people shot, one under his porch, one in the bushes. This is real crime. We can confirm that these were not New York Mets fans who shot themselves. (laughs) I know that one was a little too soon for some people in the production booth. But the point is, the crime issue, when they say hitting home, like literally hitting home for this guy, we're going to get into it in this hour at 888-788-9910. Fox News released their midterm power rankings earlier today. And, uh, you know, Republicans project to take the House going away. The Senate battle is going to be really tight. But understand again and again and again, it's really hard It's really hard to accurately gauge voter sentiment in this day and age. We've seen the polls be wrong about everything. And one of the issues that I think is really becoming the driving force in the country is, yeah, we always talk about inflation being bad and people vote their pocketbook. But now people are voting their missing pocketbook because crime has gotten through the roof. Okay, And what's happening now is with 28 days to go until the midterms, okay, we might even be 27 days. The overall body of work of Joe Biden has really just become like an anvil around the necks of other Democrats. Understand, nobody's campaigning with the guy. Like Donald Trump, who is literally being called Hitler— Tried to overthrow the government. You know, it's a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. It's doing rallies left and right. I mean, Carrie Lake might be the next governor of Arizona. Out rallying with him this past weekend. Trump remains wildly popular within his own party. Whether you like him or not, his party really does like him. Biden, on the other hand, nobody will hang out with him. Like, literally, nobody. Oh, I'm in trouble. They won't go near the guy. Here's Steve Kornacki. Believe me, he's on MSNBC. He does not want to be saying this, but here he is saying it. It's clip five. Biden, where he's at right now this morning, an average of a 42.9% approval rating. Let's take every recent president at this
4: point, 28 days out from their first midterm, what were their average approval ratings? You can see where that uh, 42.9 fits in, a tick less than Trump, a couple points under
2: Obama, basically identical to Bill Clinton back in 1994. One exception
3: here was George W. Bush. This is about a year after 9-11, when his popularity was still stratospheric. And you see what this has translated into in terms of house seats gained and lost in midterms
2: again biden is right in that range trump lost the house obama lost the house clinton lost the house in 94 giant gains for the opposition party on this metric joe biden is right in that extreme danger zone for a president
3: now understand this there's a caveat you know when steve karnacki's like trump lost the house at this point in the Trump presidency. We still had the entire media, the entire media, every day of the week, seven days a week, 365 days a year for the first two and a half years of the Trump presidency, pretending he was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. You talk about conspiracy theories. The Democrats launched the biggest conspiracy in the history of the country that Vladimir Putin had seized control of our government. OK, didn't get any more farfetched than that. Whenever they're like, oh, the Republicans, oh, QAnon. I don't know anybody who knows QAnon. I have no idea. I can tell you a thing about it. OK, but again, no bigger conspiracy. And the media paraded it out there night in and night out for two full years. We had two full years of the media pretending Trump was going to leave the White House in handcuffs because he was a Repub- He was an asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Contrarily for Biden, we're two and a half years into this presidency and we've basically had most of the media just pretending he was sane and coherent.
4: We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, you know, the thing.
3: Okay, but the body of work has gotten so bad that, yeah, we talk about Biden's elevator not going to the top floor. You hear me say that a lot. But the reality is not that his elevator doesn't go to the top floor. It's that the economy is in the basement. Okay, it's that crime is through the roof. Okay, gas prices are going back up because this idiot declared war on our fossil fuel industry. And now, yes, we have a military not meeting its recruitment goals because of a combination of vaccine mandates and wokeness. Everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. It's given Republicans a generic edge on the ballot right now. Of about a point, but in the individual races, they project to win. And, you know, they're going to kill these guys, and rightfully so. The Democrats can't really run on their record. That's the problem. There's no deliverable. You can't look anybody in the face and say, you know, thanks to us, you're better off now than you were to. No one can say that except the drug cartels. They're the only ones who can say anything. David Petraeus, he is, of course, a former governor of New York. He was the lieutenant governor who stepped in for Elliot Spitzer. If you remember Elliot Spitzer, long before, long before Hansi Andy Cuomo got in trouble in the office.
0: You ever seen a grown man
3: naked? Okay. Long before we kicked out Hansi Andy.
4: Andy! Andy!
3: There was Elliot Spitzer. Eliot Spitzer, who famously got in trouble. Why? Because he was shacking up with hookers as the governor.
5: Oh, yes. I've
4: read about that in the Bible.
3: Think about that. The Democrats have had consecutive, consecutive governors resign from running the state of New York because of shenanigans that involved scantily clad women.
6: Hubba hubba.
3: But David Patterson, who was a lieutenant governor who stepped in doing a radio show over the weekend here in a local New York station. And uh, he was talking about how he's never felt as unsafe in the city as he does right now. Here, is, here it is, clip seven.
0: For the first time in my life, even in the late 80s and 90s, when the crime rate was killing 2,000 people uh, uh, a year, I never felt as unsafe as I do now, just walking around. And God forbid, uh, sometimes we take the subway home from uh, WABC, And uh, you're hearing about an assault on the subway almost every other day.
3: It's not wrong, okay? It's out of control, like out there on the subway right now. And everybody talks about crime because you see these viral videos we show on Fox trying to bring attention to the situation. You saw the horrible video of the mother getting beat up in the train station. She could lose an eye. Okay, you saw the EMS worker, the fire department a month from retirement who got stabbed to death by a lunatic. had previously killed his grandmother, but was out on bail again because of woke bail reforms.
4: Everything woke turns to
3: Can't play that clip enough, okay? It's getting people killed, so they really can't run on their record, which is why they're dodging debates. One of the things Lee Zeldin's going to talk to you about here is the fact that, you know, Kathy Hochul wants nothing to do with debating the guy. She don't want to—you can't get up there and have the idea battle, okay? And this is not unique, Okay. Fetterman ducking Dr. Oz, okay, trying to wait till the mail-in ballots come in before they go out and debate so people can make a decision and vote their party before they see how flawed the candidates are. Here's Katie Hobbs. She's running for governor in Arizona. Remember, she was the Yahoo over the weekend who said she wouldn't declare any limitation on abortion. None. Think about that. No limit on abortion. You can abort the baby right till the day it's born. Yeah, it could live outside the mom for three, four months. Who cares? I'm Katie Hobbs, and I kill babies. They think this is okay, okay? They think it's okay to the far-left, you know, lunatics that support it, and they don't want to lose their support, so they're on board with anything, whatever it takes to get elected. Somewhere in your conscience, you have to know, you have to know that killing a baby that can live beyond the mom is not a good thing. It's not empowering for you, okay? It does not give you the moral high ground. And you have to know That in a room full of people, when you're engaged in an actual debate on the science of abortion, you have to know your positions are untenable. That's why Hochul won't debate. Okay, Lee Zeldin. That's why Katie Hobbs flat out said, no, I'm busy. I got I got stuff to do. Here it is. Clip 10.
2: Are you saying this morning that there is no circumstance that you can envision or would even try to negotiate in which you and Kerry Lake would appear at a debate together
5: before the election?
6: At this point in the race with 30 days to go, uh, our schedule in terms of, of forums uh, is pretty much set. And and I'm really happy with where we are in uh, the plans we have to continue talking directly to the voters of Arizona.
3: Now get her out. Get her out of here. I mean, you, that should be disqualifying. I will not debate my opponent on the issues. How is that a thing? Like, how can you be fit to lead? If the voter can't see where you stand, if you can't get out and defend your positions, how are you going to lead your state? The truth is it's not going to. What people are catering to now, we're about 27 days out from the midterms, this is the whole point of my show. It's the only point. It's the only point. I say it every day. Is you got to start putting country ahead of party. Okay, when it comes to gubernatorial races, you got to start putting state ahead of party. You can't vote for somebody just because like, well, I like my party, so I'm voting for them no matter what. But if the guy in your party is like actually a useless idiot, you don't do it. okay? when you think about Katie Hobbs, how do you vote for Katie? I am not debating the other side. We will not get out there and express our views and ideas and defend them with fact or logic or reason. We're not doing that. She is flat out telling you. That her positions are useless, aren't going to help you in any way. Believe me, every excuse they give you, oh, these Republicans are crazy. Dude, if they were crazy, you wouldn't want to silence them. Because the more they talked, the better you'd look. I think he's got a point. The problem the Democrats have in this instance is they're trying to silence themselves. Because the longer they talk, the more you realize they're crazy. Okay, last week... Al Sharpton, big of a charlatan, con man, dirtbag there is in all the media. Okay, Al Sharpton last week, flat out said on MSNBC, well, you know, Democrats, their policies, okay, they're losing losing Latino and black voters. Their policies don't support them. They're losing. I played you the clip. Here it is. I'll give it to you again because I'll tell you why. Because last week after saying, you know, Democrats don't connect with black and Latino voters. He turned around yesterday and said only insecure people, only the white people. They don't want to vote for Stacey Abrams. Like, wait a minute. You just said the Democratic policies suck, but now you've got to be a racist to not go along with them. Listen to this clip 16.
4: You have 58 members of the Congressional Black Caucus are uh, now never happened in history. And the concern throughout is how we're connecting the base to the message. The Democratic Party and President Biden does have some things they could be using uh, that they've done that has benefited clearly black and Latinos, but it's not connecting. So you're seeing this as the polls indicate Latinos and black men go the other way because they're not getting their message to the ground in the way they should. And I think that that is the challenge they have in these last four or five weeks. You suck. Yeah, jackass.
3: Okay, I give him credit for admitting the obvious, which is that the Democratic Party and the president is not okay delivering for black and Latino Americans. When he says, oh, they've done things that have clearly benefited blacks and Latinos, what are they? Like, name one thing. Inflation's at a 40-year high. Crime, we're at a 35-year spike in murders. Okay, people can't put gas in their cars. Tell me, seriously, tell me what is benefiting voters of any color, which is how you should prioritize voters. You shouldn't cater to them as ethnic subgroups because the whole point of integrating society was to acknowledge that we're all the same. But the Democrats don't look at us as all the same. They look at us as racial subsets they can cater to because the division benefits them. But here he is telling you only insecure people won't vote for Stacey Abrams. Clip fifteen.
4: I'm hearing it both in the in the faith community and the black community. Misogyny becoming oh. being, uh, mm. becoming more acceptable. Mm. I literally have black men calling my radio show saying, "Well, we've got enough black women uh, in in power. You know, uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson mm. in the Supreme Court." Uh, we have Vice President Kamala Harris. I don't know if I want to call Stacey Abrams. Who would not <laughs> be proud of Stacey Abrams unless you're so insecure as a man hmm. that you feel that you've got to uh, be manipulated by probably some provocateurs or the faith community.
2: This guy's a serious ass.
3: Okay, the same Stacey Abrams, okay, who just told us, we don't know when a pregnancy begins. There's no fetal heartbeat, despite every doctor in America saying there is one at six weeks. The same woman who refused to concede an election that she lost and claimed voter suppression, even now, as early voting in Georgia is up 220 percent, she wants you to believe, oh, no, the suppression's there. You just can't see it. I mean, it's the height of stupidity. But they reduce this stuff to misogyny. They reduce this stuff to racism because it's a lot easier than getting out there and selling their bullshit. Ideas.
0: Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person. Even if you're patently terrible.
2: I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected.
0: And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. You need to be anti-racist. Warning. A percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump,
4: and you ain't black.
2: Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy we will be right back.
0: It is
3: Fox Across America your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, getting ready to wrap with Lee Zeldin. He's a gubernatorial candidate from the Republican Party here in New York. We'll also talk with Emily Campagno, who has just gotten out from an outnumbered couch. She just escaped moments ago. We'll be heading up here shortly. And uh, I got to tell you, it's going to get nuts. Right now, we've got a little you and me time, though. So let's stay focused. Okay, midterms, around the corner. We're 27 days out now. Uh, Man, oh boy, oh man. Okay, we're going to be talking about the New York race, obviously, because Lee Zeldin is coming on. But even as you look out around the country, like look at something like Pennsylvania, gosh, this is a disaster. Okay, this Dr. Oz-John Fetterman race. We've reached out to both of them. Okay, you may get Oz. I don't know that Fetterman's doing interviews with anybody. Uh, One of the reasons why is they don't always end the best. Here is uh, clip 18. First, I just wanted to check in and see how, how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing, fa- I'm doing fantastic.
1: And, and uh, it's not about uh, kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything.
3: It's not about kicking balls in the authority. What the hell did you just say? Poor guy. And again, I am not making fun of anybody's health there, but for the grace of God, go I. But if somebody is in that bad a shape, okay, you traditionally get them out of there. You know, back in my day... If you were abusing the elderly, you know, they threw you in jail. Now you abuse the elderly, they make you first lady of the United States. <laughs> like, just get them out there. Poke them with a stick. Make them go campaign. Okay, here's more, Fetterman. Asked whether or not Biden should run. Here it is, Clip 19.
5: Should uh, Joe Biden run again in
1: 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And and that's, it's not a matter uh, anyone's choice other than his. And and I respect whatever choice he decides.
3: <laughs> Joe Bin, not the best. OK, I mean, again, we've seen worse. Unfortunately, it happens to be sitting in the Oval Office right now. Tell him like it is. OK, but what we're going to be talking about on the next break is a guy who could be sitting in the governor's office here in the state of New York. Hopefully brings plenty of hand sanitizer after following handsy Andy Cuomo, that dirt bag.
0: Andy, Andy.
3: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of this thing, we've got Emily Campagno coming up in the next hour, fresh off the outnumbered couch. We're also going to be talking to the GOP nominee for governor here in the great state of New York. It is a mess, man, out here. And I know you feel the same way around the country. I've talked to you in just about every city that I've visited We just feel like there's this overall quality of life decline under Democratic leadership because I think we're just fighting a lot of the wrong battles. You know, I can tell you that I was down at my taxi garage the other day where I drove a cab here in New York. My garage is down on 21st and 7th. It's called Ann Service. They're a fleet, and they manage a couple hundred taxis. So once in a while I go down there, and, you know, everybody insults each other and good to see you, and, oh, we saw you on TV, stuff like that, and everybody's really cool. But we talk for hours when I go by my taxi garage. Do you know what we never, ever talk about? Climate change or late-term abortion, which are the two pushes coming out of the Democratic Party. Now, talking about crime as literally, OK, we have a GOP nominee for governor who just had a shooting outside of his house over the weekend. Like, this is serious stuff. But no one's paying attention to it is the point. Uh, joining us now is somebody who has been forced to pay attention, candidate or non-candidate. It's happening on his lawn. Lee Zeldin is here. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, I mean, yeah, we you always hear the, you know, crime hits close to home thing. But you never hear like this close to home, like under the porch. Like, is everybody OK?
7: Yeah, crime was actually at my front door. That's sick. Yeah, my daughters uh, had a pretty traumatizing experience a couple days ago, to be honest. Uh, my daughters were home alone. They were sitting at a kitchen table. They are just doing their homework, a quiet Sunday afternoon. And then all of a sudden, gunshots around them. Uh, there was screaming. They ran upstairs, locked themselves in the bathroom, called 911. Uh, there was a bullet found about 30 feet from where they were sitting. There was... Uh, Two people shot who were laying down, one underneath my front porch, another person laying down uh, underneath a bush a couple feet away from our front porch. And all of a sudden there was crime scene tape up around my house, and uh, it's been pretty wild. uh, I'm being told it was a gang-related drive-by shooting that took place
3: in my front yard. That is, dude, that is insane. Um, You know, forgive me as a parent, you know, probably the most shocking part of the story is that your kids do their homework. Because uh, I don't come from one of those houses. <laughs> but, man, I mean, oh, man. yeah, I know. That I don't
7: explains mean... a lot, Jimmy. You <laughs> did your homework. Now, all, <laughs> all of your listeners have figured it out.
3: Oh, believe me. They, they, they were onto this long before you were, Zeldin. Don't give yourself too much credit, private eye. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's psychotic because we're talking about the suburbs of Long Island. Okay, this is not something you'd expect to find gang violence. But the reality is everything is the city now. Okay, everything's the city, everywhere you go in this state. And I don't feel like it's really getting discussed outside of what we're doing here at Fox, what you're doing in your campaign. I mean, let's not forget you were already attacked at a campaign event. Is Kathy Hochul like even discussing this? Is she ducking you? What's going on?
7: She doesn't want to talk about this. She doesn't want to debate me. Um, I've said that we should have multiple debates across the state. She's trying to get away with just one cable debate for one hour at the very end of October, over a month after the start of mail in voting, and that just doesn't cut it. We should be debating right now. We should be debating next week. We should do it on broadcast T V so that um uh, people from all around the state can watch regardless of whether or not they you know subscribe to a cable service or direct T V or Dish or Verizon, mm-hmm. whatever their subscriber is, they should have access to this debate on their T V screen and, and it should happen multiple times too. Yeah. So No, she doesn't want to debate, she loses if she debates, she loses if she doesn't debate, and she doesn't want to talk about crime. She wants to talk about anything other than the issues that New Yorkers say are the most important issues to them.
3: No, it's so true. Uh, We're talking to Lee Zeldin. He's a Republican nominee for governor here in New York. You know, I go down to the taxi garage where I used to drive a cab once in a while. None of the things that they're talking about— our ideas being pushed by the Democratic Party, meaning they're not talking about climate change. They're not talking about late term abortion or any of this crazy gender transition stuff or anything in between. They're talking about, obviously, the economy. They're talking about crime. They're talking about the price of gas. But I think we're like maybe we're at a place and maybe you'd know better because you're out on the campaign trail. Have they just officially reached the point where with 27 days to go, they know they can't discuss their record. So they're better off like literally like, look, there's a squirrel. Like, is that where we are in politics now?
7: I think that they hit this point a long time ago, and actually it was even worse than it. When they talk about crime, they're actually pushing things in the opposite direction. They're Mm -hmm. talking about passing new pro-criminal laws. There are other states looking at New York and saying, oh, well, we should pass cashless bail here too. Meanwhile, last Wednesday, a woman was murdered in front of her three kids just outside the Buffalo area. You're talking Mm -hmm. about how it shouldn't all just be New York City? Yep. Well, just outside of Buffalo, this person was wearing a bulletproof vest, this woman, and she was murdered by her husband who was released the day before due to New York's Castle's bail law, and she was telling everyone, listen, he's going to murder me, and the judge still couldn't hold him. They can't weigh dangerousness, and an example of Mm -hmm. not just inside of New York City is what happened in my front yard Mm -hmm. uh, just a couple days ago, or maybe it's the Marist dad from Long Island, who is up there for family weekend and is getting a cup of coffee and checking out of the hotel a couple weekends back, and then gunfire erupts and then he's killed. So there's a lot that's going on here around the state, and when they do want to talk about crime, crime policy, they're actually talking about making things worse with New pro-criminal laws. They're not talking about rolling anything back.
3: It's so psychotic. Like, you never think as a kid. You know, when we were little kids, we'd play a game called Cops and Robbers. And, you know, the premise of the game is the cops are the good guys, the robbers are the bad guys. Like, we're in a version of the Democratic Party where, like, it's not cut and dried. Like, they don't really look at the cops as the good guys anymore, do they?
7: There are people— who understand that law enforcement is made up of selfless, dedicated men and women who will give up their lives in defense of strangers, people who might have spat in their face seconds, minutes earlier, and called them a racist. Mm -hmm. Like that law enforcement officer will then take a bullet for that person. If they're attacked just moments later. Mm -hmm. And there's people who understand how great these men and women are. Unfortunately, there are others who either despise the law enforcement, or even worse, you might even say, is the person who understands that they do a great job, but because of political expediency, political calculation, preying upon the emotion of some people who are part of their activist base, they take on the anti-law enforcement position anyway, even though they know that it's the wrong thing to do.
3: That's what's so crazy, because everything from that ensued in the you know, fallout of the summer of 2020 – you know, was done in the name of, oh, you know, we're going to help the poor minority communities. But they've actually made them infinitely more, you know, dangerous by cutting police budgets and waging this rhetorical war on the cops. So I guess then maybe the question is – is this midterm lip service when you're starting to hear Democrats press Biden on the border and maybe talking about supporting the police? Is this the kind of thing you say with 27 days to go and have no intention of following through on? Because I see more empathy for the crook than I do for the cop every time I walk down the street.
7: Yeah, the the streets in many respects have been turned over to criminals, law abiding New Yorkers. I mean, they, they feel like they're not in charge of their street. I did a press conference last Friday Uh, in Morris Heights in the Bronx, really dangerous area. One of the most dangerous areas of the city, there was someone who was stabbed to death just the evening before when we did this presser, a guy is there and he says after the presser to me, and there's some media that was there rolling. He says, listen, in our area, we don't need the government involved. You just tell me where you want to fight me. Give me a time. Give me a place. You bring your knife. I'll bring my knife and we'll just settle it ourselves. And he wasn't—he wasn't just, you know, talking a big game. Mm-hmm. You could tell that. I mean, this guy came across as if he's actually done this a few times. Oh my goodness! I mean, it was a pretty hardened person who essentially has just they've given up. There's kids yeah. who actually live in this area, yeah. live in an area where the people who live there have given up on law enforcement.
3: Yeah. Which is psychotic, man, and it, it's just the the idea that we're having this conversation, like you're a guy running for governor, okay, you could be the next governor in New York, which by the way, when you win this election, I hope you have a hand sanitizer endorsement to be taking over cuomo's old office
1: I don't yeah,
7: know no, that... we're gonna uh we're gonna have to hire you. For a, uh, a, a new full time job. Hold on. Maybe we can move the studio. I, I know, I mean, you're not on air for nine hours a day. So,
3: uh, it's How did I get demoted to janitor? I feel like I treat you well in this relationship. No, no, this is
7: a promotion. This is uh, this is a strong character building uh, piece of employment, and it's an important job, too.
3: Well, I can tell you, there's, there's nothing he left behind in that office that I haven't seen in a yellow cab if we were going to take it there, but let's stay focused. Uh, last question. We got. Lee Eldon on the line. He's a Republican nominee for governor here in New York. I know your Mets got sent home, and I'm not trying to pour salt on that. But do you think the Yankees have a shot?
7: Oh, a- absolutely. I've i believed that the Yankees have had a cleaner shot to the World Series than the Mets did. I didn't think that the the Mets was gonna that they were gonna be rolling into a wall facing the Padres. Yeah, I, I was looking at that next having them play. The Dodgers was going to be tough. The mm-hmm. Braves have come on strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Yankees, I, I see them going all the way through the World Series. They'll have their hands full with yeah. whoever they're going to end up facing <laughs> the World you, Series. It I'm depends sure on whether ever. or not
3: Houston has their signs down or not, I think is what it's going to come down to. Yeah, it's true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's the realism, Lee Zeldin. That's why we need you to be the governor. You kept your Mets expectations in check. You've acknowledged the superiority in the Bronx. This is what would make you a good governor. So, With and or without the reality. promotion to head janitor, OK, I'm still behind you. right, pal.
7: You also will have time left to be part time sportscaster, too. I mean, <laughs> listen, you're a multitasker. You?
3: Listen, I, I, a cabinet position has been offered. All right. We got to get this thing over the top. OK, I, I'll come up to Albany and hang out a little bit. They got good, good, good barbecue up there. A couple of good breweries. We can make this work. You don't worry about nothing, Zeldin. Just keep playing good ball. OK,
7: I know I'm in good hands. As long as, uh, <laughs> as long as I stay close to Jimmy Fallon, I'm halfway home.
3: Yeah, I'm the all-state of radio. You're in good hands with Jimmy Fallon. There you go. Great stuff, man. I'll see you soon. All right.
7: Take care. See you, Jimmy.
3: Be, be well. The great Lee Zeldin, if you're listening around the state of New York, all the multiple stations we broadcast on, that guy could be your next governor, and that would be a slam dunk for all of us. Listen, man, I don't like to get on the air and tell people how to vote. I really don't. In my home state of New York, when you really talk about a dereliction of duty, when you talk about a sociopathic indifference to crime, okay, I can rattle off 25 viral videos of people getting stabbed or thrown in front of subway trains that you don't even remember because we've played that many of them here on Fox. Do you understand the Democrats accuse us of doing that? Like, oh, they're trying to scare their viewers. No. No. We're trying to tell the story of the horrors people are living in in these democratic run states so at some point the people who vote, blindly bloat vote for their party blindly vote i sound like joe biden today three words <laughs> what did he say two words made in america <laughs> and let's not act like it's the first time he said that either okay
4: a three letter word, jobs. J O B S, jobs. jobs.
3: And it's bad when I sound like that guy. But the point is, there is a sociopathic indifference to loss of life, to the maiming and wounding of life. It's, dude, it's really bad. And the idea that you've got somebody like Kathy Holker running, who fully supports our woke jackass uh, DA, Alvin Bragg. A guy who is letting violent criminals, people who have been charged with murdering their grandmothers are back out on the street. Okay, that's not supposed to be a point of political conflict. Okay, we're all supposed to agree that if a guy kills his grandmother, he's gotta go to jail. Okay, I understand there's gonna be a trial and we owe this man due process. Fine. But if grandma's dead, he should be stuck in a cell until that trial comes and goes one way or the other. Nowhere in the world is there a guy who'd be better off if only he had a few more alleged murderers to hang out with in the community. But that's where it's gotten. You know, the Democrats try to frame elections as like, it's the most important election. Democracy's on the ballot. The future's hanging in the balance. And they're always talking about emotionalist things, platitudes that'll help them maintain power. I'm not talking about one party maintaining power. I'm talking about people staying alive. Okay, when you look at the fact that we have a 35-year spike in murders, when a Democrat says, oh, it's way better than the 70s or 80s. Woo, great. But guess what? It's not the 70s or the 80s. It's 2022, and people are getting killed. People are getting raped. People are getting robbed. People are getting thrown in front of subway trains. Every damn day here in New York. And you know what nobody talks about here in New York specifically? I know you have it out in L.A. and other big cities. Is not just the crime, but just like the emotionally jarring rides to work. Every day, if you get on the subway, every single day, it's going to be some barefoot guy throwing karate kicks at you. Some time traveler talking to himself, swinging a screwdriver. You know, we talk about the actual crime, but you don't talk about the proximity to potential crime that every single person is living in. And we're not supposed to pretend it doesn't bother us because we want to be tolerant and inclusive. No, what we want to be is safe. And we have people right now that are running things in the Democratic Party that are a lot more worried about their political safety than they are your own.
0: What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right.
2: Tackling issues of the day in an easy way.
4: He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy.
2: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up. Heading up to the Bronx tonight with the Link Man. We're going to go see the Yankees. Begin the march for 28 World Championships. Yanks taking on the Cleveland Guardians. They were the Indians, but if you remember, they changed the name. That's stupid. Use your common sense. All of this, we've got to change the mascot, is the dumbest stuff in the world. You want to know why? Because it does nothing to improve the quality of life for the people it purports to care about. Bingo. Nothing. Nothing. Okay, Native Americans, sadly, have the lowest mortality rate in this country. They live the shortest life expectancy in this country, have the highest rates of heart disease and diabetes and alcoholism and illiteracy in this country. We change a halftime show and we pretend it's progress on behalf of Native Americans. Why? Because it makes the white people feel better. Look, we did a nice thing. We're being considerate. We're looking out for the lives of Native Americans. (laughs) Not even a little, because nothing in the halftime show changes any of those statistics I just read to you. It's the problem with all of this woke stuff. Okay, it's called slacktivism. Okay, you go out and you do something in the name of progress that gets you progress. Oh, I get some likes on Twitter. Digital dopamine. Woo, shoot them up in my veins. Oh, it's so good. Okay, got a bunch of likes on Facebook. Way to go. I got a Ukrainian flag in my profile picture. Look at me. I'm a good person. I'm out there doing anything. Okay, all they really did stupid, but all they ultimately wind up doing is making the teams more money because they have to sell the new jerseys to the kids now to go with the old ones. The old ones become collector's items, become more endangered on the market and ultimately worth more money. But by the by, the people you are doing this in the name of helping get nothing to show for your effort. Nothing. It's stupid. It's all, you know, this whole thing uh, of, you know, reconfiguring mascots. It again, and I cannot emphasize this enough. Okay, I hope no team that has ever changed its name ever wins a championship again. Ever, 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 because it's all a scam, okay? And if you really want to help these communities, I don't know, donate, help out, make a difference. Believe me, nobody who's dying or alcoholic cares about your lousy halftime show.
5: I admire your honesty.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you
3: bet it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It's a big hour of Fox Across America. Emily Campagno is going to be here in studio, the co-host of Outnumbered, a woman you know as the Human Happy Hour, someone who was actually one of the Grand Marshals in yesterday's Columbus Day parade here in New York City. Columbus Day. Remember Columbus Day? Yesterday... Elizabeth Warren tweeted, uh, a happy Indigenous People's Day, uh, despite the fact that she had once tried to steal heritage from uh, Native Americans. I mean, all we need now is a happy Black History Month from Rachel Dolezal, and we're good to go, Elizabeth Warren, you fraud. Uh, 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to be a part of the show. Always the phone number if you don't want to be a part of the show. You just want to call up and be like, and another thing, fatso. I saw you on America's Newsroom this morning. I saw you there in your little blue suit trying to look a little skinnier on TV.
4: You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f. Look at you.
3: Stop it. <laughs> a lot of tough love. A lot of tough love in the air. And I, 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 I kind of blame Kamala Harris. Let me tell you why. Okay, she has enough problems. She doesn't need me bagging on her because she's always a mess everywhere she goes.
0: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha!
3: Okay, but last night. She was on late night with Seth Myers, which pound for pound is unfunny of a show as there's ever been on television. And I don't take any joy in saying that either. Okay, I'd like to see Seth Myers do well, but he's an activist masquerading as a comedian. That's what's going on. Like if you want to know why Gutfeld is killing all these late night shows, okay, obviously number one, it's because, you know, he has me on his show all the time. You're
4: so dumb. You are really dumb, for real.
3: No, but seriously, the reason he is killing all these other shows is Trump, the Trump era of the presidency really crushed late night comedy because when they formed what they called the resistance, we have to resist, it became fashionable in Hollywood to stop being a comedian and start being an activist. And what that means is, yeah, you tell jokes. But certain targets are now off limits. You're not going to make fun of the Democrats. You're not going to make fun of the fact that Joe Biden is talking to dead people and doesn't know what state he's in half the time. okay? you're not going to call out, say, Kamala Harris for coming on your show and saying no one should be in jail for smoking weed. Despite the fact as an attorney general of California, she put nineteen hundred people in jail for smoking weed.
0: Oh, wow.
3: Understand Kamala Harris ran for president as a Democrat before she became Biden's VP. When she dropped out, she was polling at one percent in her home state of California, meaning the people who knew her the best, the people who knew her the best were like Kamala Harris is a clown. And they knew that about her. Okay, should completely unmoored, untethered to any principle whatsoever. What do I got to do to get elected? Who do I got to do to get elected? Hey, Willie Brown. Hey, girl. Uh, But the point is, Seth Meyers last night sat by, as Kamala talked about, no one being in jail for smoking weed. But as an activist, didn't ask the obvious follow up, which is, well, why did you throw people in jail for smoking weed? I mean, even as a comedian, you'd have to ask the follow up because it's a little bit of hypocrisy. But he did neither. Here's Kamala, clip nine.
5: You know, we've tried over the years, but let me just start with saying this. I strongly believe, and the majority of Americans agree, uh, nobody should have to go to jail for smoking weed, right? Mm -hmm. Right? And so we start with that, and then we are, to your point, urging, and the president has been very clear, we're urging governors and states to take our lead and to pardon people who have been criminalized for possession of marijuana. And ultimately though, as with so many issues, if Congress acts, um, then there is a a a uniform approach to this and so many other issues.
3: Can you imagine being that stupid? I don't know who he's referring to when he says that's stupid. Cause Seth Myers doesn't follow up. Kamala, again, well nobody should be in jail smoking weed. Well I don't know. Don't arrest them for smoking weed if that's really your position. But the bigger issue, beyond even the hypocrisy, is what's really in play this close to the midterms, if you noticed, is they're just trying to get anything, anybody they can galvanize now. They're in a bad spot, okay, if you look at the polls. We're 27 days out. They're now just desperately trying to appeal to the potheads. But here's the reality. There is nobody currently serving federal jail time for a simple marijuana offense. The only people in jail for real marijuana offenses are people who have pled down— from more serious charges. That's number one. So this doesn't actually free anybody based on what Biden did. But essentially, this is where they're at now. With 27 days to go between now and the midterms, they realize the only way anyone's going to vote for the Democrats is if they're really, really high. That's true. That is true. I mean, that's essentially what this was. But the hypocrisy—it really knows no bounds. Because she said first and foremost, "Yeah, nobody should be in jail for smoking weed," even though she threw people in jail for weed. But the bigger one—if we were really going to talk about this from a place of substance—was the fact that she's the border czar. Okay, Joe Biden appointed her the border czar. Literally said the words, "She speaks for me at the border. She's in charge of the border." Okay, and has not gone to the border to this day. She didn't even go to Taco Bell. That would, you know, make a run for the border. Not even won't even go. Can't even get a a chalupa, nothing, nothing, nothing with won't go to an on-the-border restaurant, won't go to a border's books if there's still one of them out there. It's not happening. She won't listen to Borderline by Madonna, doesn't listen to it, can't do it, shut it off. Okay, it's an actual abject dereliction of duty. It is a now problem, the border, people suffering, people being smuggled, people drowning in rivers, people suffocating in tractor trailers. This is a now problem. It's going on every day right now as you listen to this. It's going on now. OK, a now problem is like a fire, a fire. You got a now problem. House on fire now. Kamala Harris, as the borders are, is letting all the phone calls go straight to voicemail. OK, we're not addressing the now problem because it's a political liability for the Democrats, which is the real now problem. When you're right, you're right. and You're right. I'm telling you, you play this all day. But here she is trying to tell you with a straight face that the last administration broke the immigration systems. Bananas. Clip 26.
5: When we first came in office, the first bill that we proposed was for a pathway for citizenship, was to fix a broken immigration system, which was broken under the previous administration. Participate in the solution, because we are offering solutions. But instead, this gamesmanship with real human beings who trust us.
4: You align lying your ass off.
3: They, first of all, they don't trust you. No, nobody trusts you. Okay, let's get that out of the way. These people are breaking the law to get into our country. I have great empathy for them because they're fleeing horrific situations, really bad situations. Food insecurity, cartel violence, corrupt governments. Yeah, if you wind up in a democratic city, what are you going to have? Food insecurity, cartel violence, corrupt governments. I get it. But the point is, okay, when she talks about you know the gamesmanship, we're offering solutions. I'm not offering any solutions. OK, because nothing they're proposing would secure the border. Nothing they're proposing. They fought in court to oppose Remain in Mexico. Nah, we're not doing it. We'll fight you in court on this one. Title 42. What was Title 42? It was put in place under COVID. They didn't want people coming into the country, OK, if they hadn't been screened for COVID because we're in a pandemic. We're shutting down the church. We're shutting down the school. We're shutting down the mall. We're shutting down the ball game. We're so worried about COVID. We cannot, we cannot let you leave your house. You know, if you want to sneak across the border untested, that's fine. That's what they did. You understand? After all the regulations they imposed on you and me because of COVID, they let 2 million people walk into the country with no actual COVID screening.
5: Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America last.
3: I mean, and that's the bigger problem you have when it comes to Kamala. When she was talking last night about, you know, we got to address climate change because that's going to help the children. That's, you know. Got to look out for the children. Yo, the children in this country, the average school kid thinks 2 plus 2 equals jello. Okay, we're 39th in the world. 39th in the world. Despite spending five times as much per capita on a student as anyone else in the world, we're 39th in the world in things like reading and science. Because now we're teaching kids it's more important to feel uncomfortable with their gender than it is to feel comfortable adding and subtracting. Think about that. Instead of teaching kids to add numbers, we're teaching them to subtract their penis.
4: What the hell is the world coming to?
3: I don't have an answer. Okay, but neither does this idiot who happens to be the vice president of the United States right now. Okay, they've mismanaged everything. Okay, but when it comes to the border, I'll give you some. Here's Carrie Lake. She's running for governor out in Arizona. You heard her on the show. She's that radical extremist that wants to let the babies live. I mean, I, What kind of monster? I mean, I, you really you think about it. It's like, how is this woman not behind bars for saying the baby should live? I mean, I've never heard such radical extremism. But here it is talking about the border. Here's this. And just brace yourself. This woman is an extremist. Uh, this is clip twenty nine.
5: We have an invasion at our border, the cartels. These narco-terrorist groups have operational control, and they're using Arizona to smuggle people, to traffic children, and to traffic the most dangerous drug we've ever seen, fentanyl. And so we're going to invoke our Article 1, Section 10, uh, basically authority to take care of our own border and protect our own border. It's right there in black and white in the Constitution. And we meet all three criteria. We have an invasion. Our people are in imminent danger and time is of the essence. The force is strong with this one.
3: OK, now listen what the Democrats will react to that clip as is she says, what, you know, these narco terrorist groups, they have operational control. They're using Arizona to smuggle people, traffic children. This is all true. And to traffic the most dangerous drug we've ever seen. Okay, this is all true. Fentanyl is the most dangerous drug's ever hit our streets. It's the leading cause of death for adult American adults. Between the ages of 18 and 45, it is fentanyl. It is going on right now. Okay, they're trafficking children. Okay, they're smuggling people into the country. But what the Democrats are going to react to is the fact that she said, we have an invasion at our border. Our people are in danger. Time is of the essence. That's going to be the pull quote on the Democratic side of town. They're not invaders. They're just people. Don't say we're in danger. You're just fear-mongering. Again, it's not fear-mongering to point out the obvious truth that our border is being overrun by narco-terrorists. It's not fear-mongering to point out the obvious truth that fentanyl is killing people in record numbers. That's called being responsible. When you just sit here and say, oh, the other party, they broke the system. Yo, the other party had cut illegal border crossings to an 80-year low. OK, there was not a 15 billion dollar smuggling industry at our southern border under the other party. It's there under this one because they decried border security is racist. Why? Because everything is racist in the year 2022, as it was in 2021, as it was in 2020. This is the whole mantra. They don't want to debate on policy. Debates on policies could cost them elections. OK, they're here to win elections. That's what they're here to do. We got to win this race. Do you remember the old Eddie Murphy bit about, ah, oh, I want to do a bit. I'd love to do a movie with Elvis because there's nothing to do. You just tell them what we got to do, and we're just going to sing. Come on, we got to win this race, Elvis. We got to win this race. That's the Democrats. Every damn day, we got to win this race. That's all they care about. Okay, they've got to win this race, even if it means making every single solitary issue about race until it's literally getting Americans killed. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas.
2: It's the number one children's show in the country.
3: He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad.
2: (gasps) Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It
3: is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. going to be talking with Emily Campagna in the next break, the co-host of Outnumbered. You know her on this program as the Human Happy Hour. Uh, she's going to be weighing in on this Kamala Harris ridiculousness. She was on with Seth Meyers last night. Uh, if you missed it, congratulations. It's a little bit of a mess. I had to talk about it on America's Newsroom this morning. Uh, the video is up on the Fox Across America Facebook page if you didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, I was on with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. Uh, The rest of the week, I'll be on with your comedy buddy, uh, our little comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Thursday night, which is Game 2 of the American League Division Series. My Yankees are back in the playoffs trying to do the damn thing. Uh, Right now, as we are just 27 days from the midterms, the specter of a recession has taken center stage in financial institutions. Jamie Dimon, who is the head of... JP Morgan Chase had the following uh, to say to CNBC yesterday, not good, clip 31.
4: Inflation, which obviously is, you know, changing the effect of those numbers I just told you about, it's rates going up more than people expected already and probably a little bit more from here. It's QT, which we've never had before. Uh, so therefore the unknown effects, and you see it today in bond markets around the world and sovereign markets and people selling U.S. Treasury debt, and it's the war. They're likely to put U.S. in some kind of recession. Six, nine months from now.
3: Six, nine months from now. He's talking about the U.S. being in a recession.
2: This could be a problem.
3: Now, by the traditional definition of a recession, which is two negative quarters of GDP growth, we're actually already in that recession. But here's even Larry Summers. Uh, He talked about it as well, clip 32.
4: I think it's more likely than not that sometime in the next year or 18 months, uh, we will have a recession. I think that's that's a consequence of... The excesses that the economy has uh, been through.
3: And, you know, the reality is, I just I let you hear these two things because we got into this situation. You know, in sports, they call it an unforced error. You did something you didn't have to do. Botch the play. Now the other team has the ball. Way to go, you jackass. Okay, we spent our way into this, you know, in recession. We spent our way into this level of inflation. Okay, when the pandemic was over, all we needed to do was get Washington the hell out of the way. Okay, it's all we had to do. The economy was shut down. Entire sectors of the economy had been shut down. No one was going on a cruise. Nobody was flying on a plane, okay? Nobody was going out to eat, okay? Nobody could go see a ball game. Fans weren't allowed, which was really jarring, unless you grew up rooting for the New York Jets, in which case you were already used to that. But the point is, Okay, they shut down entire sectors of our economy. And all we really needed to do was reopen them. Okay, let them come roaring back, let the market sort everything out. But Joe Biden and the Democrats decided no, we need some regulation here. We want to get political credit for getting the pandemic under control. So we're going to mandate this vaccine that we haven't properly tested. Even though we previously said we wouldn't mandate the vaccine. No,
4: I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it to be mandatory. Perhaps
5: the federal government should
6: step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated
1: people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, That is the role that institutions, private sector entities uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take steps they need to take.
3: I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine,
4: particularly for the general public.
3: No, Think about that. I don't think we'll ever see a mandating of the vaccine. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. And what ultimately happened? We got a mandate. The government got in the way. Like when Biden says, oh, we've created 10 million jobs, he's lying. OK, there were, those aren't new jobs. Those are jobs that came back when we reopened the economy. No one said, oh, I got a new job. They said, I got my old job back. That is
4: correct.
3: But in this instance, they tried to spin it off as job creation and they tried to tell you we were only in this position because of the measures they were taking at a federal level. But what did we quickly come to find out as they were spending, oh, I don't know, trillions of dollars we didn't have on COVID relief. That is financial lunacy. Never mind that less than 9% of the money went towards COVID. What a fraud. Which ultimately proves once and for all what Ronald Reagan always said.
0: Government is not the solution to our
4: problem. Government is the problem.
2: reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: So funny. So I was down, as you guys know, in Oklahoma over the weekend. We were in Tulsa killer meet and greet at the Cape Brewing Company. They were out at Eaton, Oklahoma, slanging all kinds of jokes. Wild crowd. Best people in the world. And uh, they prompted the following text exchange that I do need to share with you, the listeners. Uh, This next guest, uh, before you even hear her name, uh, responded to a text that I sent her. Uh, I said, so funny. I'm down here in Oklahoma. I had five different guys come up to me at my meet and greet tonight and ask me if you were really as gorgeous as you look on TV. I told them yes to keep the fantasy going, but quietly felt like a fraud on the inside, to which this next guest (laughs) responded, you (laughs) 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 The human happy hour, the (laughs) co-host of Outnumbered. Emily Campagna in the house. Hello, Emily. That
6: whole time as I was sitting here just cringing like, are you going to read that out loud? Is this when I get fired? No. Although it's not a fireable offense nope. because you deserved it. Thank you. You're welcome.
3: I just wanted – it's been a minute since you've been on the show. I just wanted to pick up where we left off, which yeah. is you calling me a fat something <laughs> or other. <laughs> And maybe me even disparaging you a little bit. It's (laughs) healthy. Is it not healthy?
6: For the record, I don't actually fat shame you because I'm right there with you in the amount that I eat. In fact, I eat more than you. Yesterday, I had about 70 cannoli unapologetically, and I'm still having room for more. However, you just look it more than I do. That's the (laughs) thing. But I don't don't shame you (laughs) for it. I I say that neutrally. I don't shame you, though, because we have the same appetite. And it's glorious. It's glorious.
3: Nobody's having a better time than us. Well, you mentioned cannolis because I do believe yesterday you were the... You were the NYPD's Grand Marshal in the Columbus Day Parade.
6: I was the NYPD Columbia Association's Grand Marshal. It was so amazing, Jimmy. It was. Really the honor of a lifetime and the amazing Italian-Americans who have filled that role, who left such big shoes for me to fill. I mean, Bobby Valentine, Tommy Lasorda, Tony Danza. Wow. And then the whole parade, Grand Marshals have included Sophia Loren, Joe DiMaggio. I mean, it was, we know it's an incredible day to be part of that New York history, but for me to be part, play this small part, you know, in my small feet, but such a huge representative role. Parading up Fifth Avenue alongside NYPD Italian Americans, um, it, it really was the honor of a lifetime. Lifetime, indescribably humbling, and I will cherish yesterday uh, for my entire lifetime. It was, it was a big, incredible. it
3: was a big day. But don't talk about your feet again. We'll get a hundred calls from the pervert. <laughs> <laughs> have got a lot of weirdos listening to this show. <laughs> Emily Campagno is in studio. We're having a grown-up chat about the Indigenous People's Day Parade, which we do not call it that. We're just being silly. Elizabeth Warren wished everybody a happy Indigenous People's Day Parade yesterday and caught so much hell because of uh, like her stolen I valor can't. thing and stuff. Totally. Oh, man. Everybody's just so dumb right now. But I wanted to pivot to another dumb person, Emily Campagno. Uh, so much to get to, by the way, because we I haven't know. done this in a while.
6: I know. I miss you, buddy. We've
3: been doing a lot of Outnumbered together. We're back on Outnumbered like October the 26th. We'll be back on the couch for those bump shots. Mm-hmm. Whenever we come back, folks, if you're watching <laughs> at home, when you come back from commercial and there's a wide shot and it shows the whole crew, we always like rock out because yeah. we're having fun. Yeah. Like when we, between commercial breaks on Outnumbered, we're basically just like running a disco. 100%. For all intents. It's like Studio 54. Yeah. Oh, yeah. St- Studio M is Studio 54 when we're on. Uh, But one of the things, I don't know if you guys got into the Kamala interview today. That's what I was doing on America's Newsroom this morning. Basically, she had said nobody should be in prison for smoking a joint. Fine. Great. But you were the one who brought it to my attention that as an attorney general, she had a little bit of a different attitude. No,
6: that's right. Not only did she oversee the prosecutions of multiple thousands of people for minor simple possession, but she's parroted that talking point her whole life. So Mm -hmm. I was subjected to her reign as a district attorney in San Francisco where she was adamant that according to our campaign campaign manager at that time, quote, you know, drug sellers ruin communities. She was staunchly opposed to legislation in 2010 in California that would have legalized simple possession of marijuana, smoking marijuana recreationally. And then for a long time, she was against it recreationally, said she was for it medicinally. As recently as I want to say 2015, the candidate she was running against, who was for recreational marijuana, when she was asked about it, did her cackling hysterically thing and said absolutely not so as we've seen her thaw through the years it's only been the result of public opinion changing it's her trying to curry voters Mm -hmm. because every step of the way she was quote staunchly in whatever position she occupied at that moment just to win political favor and that's partly why as i say all the time on your show as a lifelong californian that has been subjected to her I know she flip-flops. We know she doesn't stand for anything. And here's the thing too, Jimmy, is that we're all human. And for someone who has served in public office for a long time – it's fine to say, here's how I've evolved. Let me explain to you how times have changed, and so have I, and I've worked with these groups and these people, and I understand that this, this now is a different climate, but that's not her. Mm-hmm. She simply acts as if we all have retrograde amnesia and don't remember yeah. what she said two weeks ago, let alone two years ago, let alone 10 years ago. So she's trying to pull the wool over all of our eyes when we're like, yeah, I was old enough to remember you two weeks ago <laughs> when you said you were totally against it and then had a weird chronological thing where she claims to have smoked it, but it was, like, impossible. Yeah. Get out of here. She's trying to be cool. Yeah.
3: She's she's just trying to be cool. Well, it's a good point. Like, she's a little bit of a sociopath. Because if you remember, when she was on with Charlemagne on the radio show, she bragged about smoking weed in college and listening to Tupac and Biggie. But neither of them had put out an album at the time she was in college.
6: Exactly. It's crazy. This is someone who lets the world think that she's from the Bay, grew up in Oakland, she went to school in Canada. Yeah. I mean, that that sort of also explains, like, that sort of offness about, you know, like, a little, like, <laughs> sort of, like, what? Stand for something, man. Get a sports team.
3: Oh, God. that's so that's so funny. It's, you know, it's true.
6: You know what I was thinking about, too, like, when you were talking about the bump-ins and outs of Outnumbered? Um, there used to be this event production company. They might still do it on the West Coast, but it was, like, sober 6 a.m. parties. Okay. No alcohol whatsoever. Everyone would do sort of daybreak yoga and then erupt into an amazing dance party. DJ, glitter. I mean it's studio it fifty four. Like Yo Gabba Gabba. There you go. Totally <laughs> sober, no alcohol, no drugs, anything, just like a way to sort of celebrate um the day and wake up without coffee. And like that's what our bump ins and outs remind me of, which mm-hmm. is like a complete awesome party, but mm-hmm. None of the substances.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're trying to hold it together. We're trying. Like we are hell. each
6: other's cups of coffee.
3: <laughs> we're each other's sponsors. Yeah. We're cable news <laughs> sponsors. Emily Campagna is in studio. She's taking time out of her busy schedule of texting me expletive-laden <laughs> passages. No, we love it. But I, The reason I love it, okay, just so you know, is you come up a lot of meet and greets. It's either, you know, guys, which are just doing guy stuff, because every guy—this is a problem. Every guy talks to me <laughs> as if I'm as big of a dirtbag as they are. <laughs> When, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, a retired dirt, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in recovery.
6: You're the sober,
3: like, yeah. yeah. 20-year-old me could not do this job in this building. I might get thrown out of here in five minutes. But now I'm fine. Yeah. But anyway, I have two versions of people who interact with me at meet and greets. They're either telling me about you, it's a guy, or it's a woman telling me that you're the one person they want (laughs) to meet. really? You're the one person they want to meet. Because Emily Campagno is so sweet. (laughs) (laughs)
6: My I'm like, it's my favorite thing in the world. I am nice to everybody but you. That's the point. Yo. You bring it out. It, you deserved to be cursed out earlier. That's okay. why, Jimmy. So go ahead and okay. read my text on air. I don't care because to <laughs> everyone else, I am nice to them because they are nice to me and they deserve it.
3: I treat you just fine. No, you don't. I just have to keep you in check a little bit.
6: You're like a child
3: star. You know what I mean? Even though you're an adult, you have the potential <laughs> to become a monster. So it's my not job. True. I don't, not true. I, I, think I was fine. a
6: tiny monster to begin with, but not in this show business way. That's
3: <laughs> the point. No, that is true. I'll give you that. You're not a showbiz monster. No. You are considered in the building like the nicest person in the building. Yes. No, the, the amount of hustle <laughs> <laughs> that you've gotten away with. I kid. Uh, let me ask you this, because we're both children. We are adult children. Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. Philadelphia school. They're canceling the Halloween parade, something to do with safety and inclusion. I don't even want to talk about politics. I just want to talk about it. Is there anything crueler than taking away a kid's Halloween parade? As a little kid, was there anything you looked forward to more in elementary school than a Halloween parade?
6: I grew up in the urban Bay Area, and I saw all ilks of children. Yes. And all types of dysfunctional and functional households. And the most dysfunctional child I grew up with, who was a buddy of mine, was of a certain religion that deprived him of all Halloweens and all holidays. And this person was so... Oh, gosh, to this – I mean, I just can't even. So yeah. I agree with you. And the worst part about it is taking it away after they have enjoyed it. Yeah. How do you explain to a child that truly is eight years old, six years old, yeah. oh, we're not going to do this that you've looked forward to for 364 <laughs> you know days that, thing? that you've experienced every year? Because of a word called diversity and inclusion. A phrase, they don't know what that means. No idea. You're just taking away something joyful for them, something that they were excited about. I used to wear my little glow-in-the-dark bat costumes. I was so excited. I stuffed a pillow in my leotard for a pig day. I mean, I, I was amazing. $5 costumes every year, and it was the highlight of my life. And I couldn't imagine doing that to another child because of your woke talking point.
3: It's, it's cultural. Curry. This is what it is. It's cultural arson. Yes. People set fires. Yes. Where they didn't need to exist so they can put them out themselves and be like, look at me, I'm helping. I'm a hero. Give me some valor. You know, Halloween's been a problem this whole time. I'm like, dude. It is a free candy marathon. If you were a child, Halloween is your Super Bowl. It's the closest thing. It's a non-denominational Christmas. You know what I mean? It really is. It's Christmas. It's edible Christmas. Oh, it's amazing. all it is. The biggest, it's the Super Bowl of childhood as a kid for me was Halloween.
6: In all respects. You got to stay up late. You got to be outside. You got to hang with your friends. You got to, everything about it is amazing. I agree with
3: you. Really quick. Did you go through uh, the teenage phase of Halloween, like the egg and shaving cream phase? What were you guys doing in the Bay Area? Like, were you guys hitting each other with eggs at that point? Like, did you get into that, like, teenage Um, vandal phase of Halloween?
6: We were in a class war. If you want to contact a lawyer before you
3: answer this, because you gave me a really (laughs) weird look.
6: Um, We were engaged in a class war otherwise. So Halloween was always... Awesome, but we had our, okay. the toilet paper, the, the yeah, like yeah, yeah. trashing our homes occurred at, separately from them. Okay. True, true, and unrelated. <laughs> a separate felony, Jimmy, a separate felony. Well,
3: growing up in Levittown, Emily. I mean. Uh, Halloween, like when you, you hit like middle school, then it became cool to like egg your friends or like shaving cream them. That was a yeah. thing by us. Yeah. And that was like the tail end. That's like when you got to that age of Halloween where if you were trick-or-treating, you weren't even making an effort. Just like a guy in your sh- at your door in a flannel shirt who's like, I'm in Pearl Jam. You're like, no, you're not. Just give a flannel. Get out of here, any better. Get out of here. You need to make an effort. But the point is, we got to protect the kids, Em. Everybody talks about this from a political level, but just from a pure joy level. I don't want to talk politics. Pure joy. We need to protect Halloween. We need to end the war on Halloween.
6: We do. I'll never forget being probably 11 years old and having, you know, trick-or-treating guy opens the door wearing nothing but a um, pantyhose over his face. To this day was the most frightening thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he was probably in the middle of serial murdering everyone in that household and I just happened to disturb him in it, but like that's the beauty of it. The cheap, amazing, effective costumes and the joy or lifetime fear it instills in children. Bring it back Jimmy. Um, Real quick before I go, catch me this Saturday, yep. Trenton, New Jersey at the Troopers United Foundation classic car show starts at 10 a.m. Would love to see all of you guys there. I'll be there with my classic car. Are you going to be there in your stay puffed marshmallow I'm going to be on the
3: road in Iowa telling jokes, but they yeah. better be in Trenton to see the nicest woman <laughs> in cable news. <laughs>
2: Taking the edge off, one story
4: at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten
2: up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
3: There it is, there it is. Shout out to the Human Happy Hour. Emily Campagna, you will see me on her show, Outnumbered, Wednesday, October the 26th, getting back on the round couch with the lovely ladies. I will, of course, be on Gutfeld. This Thursday night, getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. If you miss me today on America's Newsroom, how dare you? Remember Greta Thornburg? How dare you? The climate activist. Uh, How dare you miss me on America's Newsroom? However, you can make it up to me and you by going to the Fox Across America Facebook page where we post all of our TV clips for those of you who don't watch them live. Uh, It is also where we post our stand-up dates. So if you're in the hood or any of these hoods I'm about to mention, come hang out with your radio buddy. This Saturday night we are at the Bridgeview Center in Ottumwa, Iowa, That is a 7 o'clock gig. Tickets for that at Ticketmaster.com. October the 28th, it's a Friday night, October the 29th, I will be at the Spokane Comedy Club in Spokane, Washington. Hey, girl, that's going to be nuts. Uh, The following weekend, November the 5th, I'm at the Red Rock Resort in Las Vegas. All of those shows in Vegas are sold out, but I'm going to be at the blackjack table for most of the weekend. So just because you didn't get a ticket to the show doesn't mean you can't meet me. I'm very available. I want to get together with you guys. Uh, You know, this is a really... Quiet way of me saying I probably need a ride to the pawn shop at the end of the night, but that's neither here nor there. If you're in the area, we'd love to see you in the 702, and we will, of course, be in East Texas, uh, November the 10th for the 75th anniversary of KTBB Radio. Uh, The following week, we'll be down at the Hard Rock in Florida for the Patriot Awards, and then December 9th and December 10th, you can see me at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. That is right. We're going back to the 405. You folks didn't kill me buying me beers Friday and Saturday. I'm still ready to go. I'm not scared of you people. I'm ready. You remember the end of Raging Bull uh, when Jake LaMotta loses to Sugar Ray Robinson? He's really marked up and he's like, hey, Ray, you didn't get me down, Ray. Hey, Ray, you never got me down. Like his whole face is missing. He doesn't know what planet he's on. But he's like, you never got me down. That's my message to Oklahoma. Okay, we went hard Friday. We went hard Saturday. But you never got me down. I'm coming back. December 9th and 10th. I'll be at the Bricktown Comedy Club. I would love to see you there. And, of course, tonight, if you're in the tri-state area, I will be watching the New York Yankees. Me and Lincoln Phelan going up to game one. Of the playoff series, uh, the ALDS, Uh, Lincoln Fale is going to be in the house. Jenny Fale is in the house. Uh, Stuntman Mike Fale, my brother, will be there, as well as his lovely wife, Terry. You can't miss us. We're the ones getting thrown out of the game in the third inning for being hammered. Fat,
2: drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life,
3: Stop it. We will be none of those things. You can't really get that drunk at Yankee State. It's like $22 a beer. Who's making that kind of money? I mean, unless you're tailgating, which I won't have time to do today. The idea of going zero to intoxicated based on nothing but Yankee beer is about $1,000 on your credit card. No, No, I'll just be there cheering on the Bombers. We're going for our 28th uh, World Series championship uh, this year. Do I think we're going to make it? i got to be honest. Uh, I won't say this in front of the link man, uh, but he's not listening right now. (laughs) He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go. Josh, really quick, do you like the Yankees' chances? Unfortunately, yes, but it depends on if the midges come out <laughs> in Cleveland. That's a great callback to Jabba Chamberlain, the Joe Torre Yankees, and they were playing a series in Cleveland. OK, for the sports fans, you might remember this, but uh, he was dominant. The Yankees were dominant well on their way to winning that series. I believe that would have put him up a third game, right? Yeah, they would have been in complete control. Complete control of the series. And a bunch of midges came swarming in from the lake. (laughs) Chopper Chamberlain. I remember that. He looked like every, like once a year you see those beekeeper videos on the news. We're like, who is this psycho with a billion bees on him? Except he was not comfortable with the billion bees. Uh, They went on to blow the game. He couldn't find the strike zone, right? And that was the end of that series. Was that the end of Joe Torre? I believe it was close. That was towards the end. It I'm was looking like, up oh, now, but I yeah. I it mean, it was like it, oh six, oh seven. I mean, you know, you had those Jabba rules. They never accounted for the midges. <laughs> they always had rules on how many pitches this guy could throw, Jabba Chamberlain. But they didn't have rules uh, on how many bugs he could have on his hat going into the sixth inning. Uh, he wasn't the best with rules, especially the driving rules. Uh, Jabba Chamberlain went on to go full Paul Pelosi later in his career.
4: He should be behind bars! He
3: actually was behind bars. <laughs> he was uh, all over over the map there. Uh, He couldn't really find the strike zone with his car, if you will. But now's no time to look back on Yankee defeats. We're heading up to the Bronx. We're trying to get a win. Either way you slice it, today's show was a huge win for the American people. This is the roughest crowd ever. Well, I am undeterred. I am off to the Bronx. I will be back here tomorrow to do the damn thing again. Until then, we don't tell you how to live your life. All we ever ask is that you be a Republican, you be a
0: Democrat. Just don't be a